Whether it's bad planning, bad luck, bad timing, or bad inventions, well-intentioned bad decisions have plagued history for thousands of years. Welcome to Historic Hindsight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Historic Hindsight. I'm John, that's Tom, and today we're going to talk to you about Reaganomics. That's right, Johnny, Reaganomics. And, and, and by Reaganomics, I mean not so much his economic part as much no. as it is uh, his, his war on drugs, Johnny. That's right, so, we are continuing. So we're not talking about his wild success in uh, of the trickle-down economics and how... You know, there's no middle class anymore because that works so well. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we are instead talking about uh, oh. his successful drug campaign because there's no oh, more drugs. That, there's no more drugs. That's which is good too. Well, uh, no more drug abuse. No more drug I abuse, mean, there's yeah. the good drugs like oxycotton and things like that. And alcohol. That, you know, you can get prescribed alcohol, cigarettes, all that. Uh, weed now also. In, so in it sounds states, like yeah, a, yeah. A very successful, but none of the hard stuff. No cocaine. No, no cocaine, meth. Yeah. No heroin. That's none of that. Gone. that great. Well, I mean that was that was quick. Good job. How did he, how did he get rid of it? That's amazing. <laughs> right. So if you are avid followers of us, you would know that we've already started this whole war on drugs uh, uh, series. Uh, this is our next episode in it. It's the Reagan years, uh, and it's filled with such such great things like CIA exploits and what and, and marijuana minimum sentencing and all kinds like, of fun things. So CIA obviously working hard to get rid of the drugs. Yeah. And yeah. Not bringing them there. into this country at all. No, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. So, uh, so in our last episode, we discussed the start of the war with Nixon and uh, and how uh, his whole plan was basically geared towards uh, the people he didn't like, which was br- yeah. you know brown people and hippies. So yeah, you ta- you yeah. you target those useless drug users and also you know brown and black people, uh, and then uh, arrest them all, and it goes away. Uh, yes. Because uh, there's obviously no drugs in prison. No, no drugs in prison. And uh, before Nixon left office, he started to scale back some of his things, uh, which, uh, you know, part of it was, you know, like minimum sentencing. He started to actually scale yeah. some of that back by the time he left office because he realized, like, this, this, this. A little much. This might have been a bit, <laughs> a bit much. But when Reagan takes over, he's like, hey, double down. <laughs> Oh, he liked it then. He liked those long sentences yeah, he, uh, <laughs> and minimums. And did he did he make them worse or did he bring them back? Uh, he brings them back and then makes them worse. So he's and got kind of a two prong. He's got a two prong approach. His first prong is is going after them criminally. So that's the whole like minimum sure. sentencing things that he brings in. Uh, and then his other plan is to uh, is to educate the youth into you know not smoking, you know not doing the drugs. Okay. Uh, so um, that sounds easy. How do you do so, that? So drug prevention, not so much. Um, Helping people who are actually already addicted, but trying to catch no, them. no. Who cares about them? Catch they're them. addicts. They're useless. They're scum of, scum of the earth and deserve to be treated as such. Yep, obviously, yep. Catch, catch. but the children are our future. Sure. So how do we get them yeah. to not use drugs? Yep. And that would would eventually lead to the Dare program, which we're going to have a whole episode <laughs> on in and of itself, and the successful, which wildly wild. successful campaign that it's that was. it's crazy that we even needed that campaign because of how successful the war on drugs was. Oh yeah, like yeah. It, it, why it, that we even got, had to get to that point. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense after the Reagan's success. Yeah, right. So uh, so his first major program, we'll, go, we'll start with the criminal side. His first major program okay. was the Comprehensive Crime Control Act of 1984. Uh, this act, that sounds nice. Which is like, like right that. around our birth dates. Uh, so this, is, uh, this, would act, uh, uh, this act would increase the penalties on the cultivation, possession, and transfer of marijuana specifically. Ah, yes, there we go, because that's the most harmful. That's the most harmful. Obviously. A gateway drug. Uh, which, by the way, if you didn't watch the last episode, you'll learn that... Um, yeah, we, we knew that the, the, the marijuana was harmless, like, even way back it's, before. Uh, like, I mean, after. okay, be careful. 
be careful, not harmless, uh, but just less harmful than uh, cigarettes and alcohol, basically. (laughs) Marijuana first started getting attacked by Harry Anslinger, who himself prior to going after it said this is this is stupid we shouldn't go after it but he was the head right of the, but but we're but here's the here's the thing it's 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 useless to go after it because it's harmless but who who can you uh, lock up people. Uh, if you do make it illegal so he was the head of the federal bureau of narcotics and needed to save his job so he goes after marijuana because it was the easiest thing to do reagan continues that now with his mandatory minimums in addition to this act it would abolish the parole for prisoners convicted after november 1st 1987 so if you oh, got shit. a mandatory Wait. minimum you are now no parole no parole you're now doing your mandatory that- minimum that's so. That's that's bullshit. Cause like one of the biggest things in, uh, um, you know, U.S. justice is that you get a ten-year sentence. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna get out in five. Yeah, really like it's almost it. always half or even yeah. less. Nope. Like oh, good behavior. Nope. But so now they they don't get that. Nope. Not now. Not so now. So extended minimum. Extended minimum sentencing, and, and then also yep. no parole. You're yep. serving that whole. And those thing. those uh, the, okay. And so most importantly, like I said, it establishes also the Armed Career Criminal Act of 1984. That if you get three strikes, it was a minimum. Now oh, no. it, it used to be five years. Like if you got caught with <laughs> yeah. a, a marijuana cigarette, it was like five years mandatory minimum yep. uh now it's you get your three strike uh up to 15 years so this was initially like when it was going through congress it was it was played up as uh armed criminals like you know people who would like oh yeah I, right I yeah robbed it's gonna be store. bank robbers yeah I robbed and they yeah. keep doing it uh, so obviously they're not years. gonna stop yeah. but it, okay and I, I get that that would make sense because if you're uh, you're a career criminal they, uh, you're locked up but they went ahead and also applied the whole three strike thing to drug criminals too so theoretically speaking so i'm, I'm guessing that was a nice little uh subtext kind of deep in the oh, document yeah. yep. that you know 200 page document that all of the you know, u.s senators yep. and everything read yep, yep, yep. the title of so quite literally if you got caught with a joint just a roach for that matter if you got caught in possession yeah, anything, of anything any uh, yeah. you could get, you're in you possession could, of narcotics you could get five years and if you do that uh if you do that three times in a row you'll get 15 years and if it was after november 1st 1987 uh no parole so you're you're in there that yeah that, that's that that's a full whole, 20 at, you know at, with all of them or yeah all of them combined 25 25, 25 all of them combined, combined yeah combined, yeah yeah, yeah. Jiminy Christmas. But the good news is they probably had a lot of time on the outside after they served their first five years because we take care of our criminals so well when they get out of jail. Yep, sure do. So uh, it also gave the police the ability. Lots of it gave the police the start of the ability to seize assets in drug-related crimes. So if you possess that half a roach and oh, your yes, please, your brand new yes. 1987 yeah. Corvette, that's now the sheriff's. Guess Corvette. what, pal? Guess what? Yeah, or, all your stuff. Anything that it's in your house, yeah, maybe? Yeah, if you're dealing drugs uh, your Guess house. what? Yeah, all of that equity you built up, it's gone now. Gone um, now. And we took all your things. And now you're serving 5 to 15, 15 to 20, whatever years. And uh, good luck when you get out. <laughs> in the uh, first four years of Reagan's presidency, the budget for the FBI's Drug Enforcement Unit went from $8 million at the start to $95 mm-hmm. million, dollars, which is the equivalent in today's money of 2.4 billion with a b dollars oh. per year per, per year just for the federal bureau of investigations hmm. drug unit not for anything else of the fbi just now, for drugs now i apparently it takes many 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 people for this war on drugs they need a lot of soldiers uh which is why they they need that budget increase it's certainly not to uh buy and redistribute drugs right 
Uh, no, not at all, Johnny. There's because no, that's a lot of money. That would buy an awful lot of drugs. Buy a lot of cocaine. You're jumping ahead, but we'll we'll get there in a second. So, how do these policies affect America, Johnny? The criminal side of it. While it is true, I got rid of drug use. It did, and uh, it is locked up the criminals and probably reduced crime all around. And America's a beautiful place. Now. Well, it, it, so speaking of crime, all around, all around crime, uh, the arrests were up by twenty five percent. So. Ah, well, well done there, is, because now we're getting more of the criminals, right? Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. That's the goal of it, was it not? That was. Uh, drug arrests, though, rose uh, 126% through the 1980s. So that's why it was successful. That's why we don't have drugs anymore, because they arrested everybody. doubled it and then some. Uh, so the problem with this, though, is uh, now that you're arresting 128% more people for drugs, in addition to 26% more people mm-hmm. for just regular crimes, right. you now yeah, have, to, you have to store these people somewhere. And you got rid of the, the parole thing, so whatever their sentences are, they're stuck serving that, their whole sentence. Oh, um, man. So, uh, now we have, so we had to, now we have to build some more prisons. And the federal mm-hmm. government only has so much money uh, to build. Yeah, nine, uh, 94 million, whatever yeah, the so <laughs> that for, number was. Yeah. Um, um, so okay, so, so, start turning, so this sounds like an opportunity, It right? is an opportunity for, for, for savvy businessmen who start building, yeah. uh, not that they didn't exist before, but start building for-profit prisons in mass. Well, the demand increased, to, yeah. you know, house these criminals and get them to huh. build you know, license plates or, you know, stop signs. Well, but they paid them fairly. Or whatever that they pay them. Because it's still a job. Fairly because um, if, if, if you're not aware in the United States, slavery is illegal uh, by, by the 13th oh. Amendment Constitution unless it's used <laughs> as punishment for a crime. So these for-profit prisons can have them manufacture whatever the hell they want uh, and pay them nothing. Or no, little, I mean, I, well, uh, penny, okay, penny, ten penny cents hour. an hour yeah. usually, yeah. Uh, something along around there, uh, mm-hmm. and then they get all of that money when they get out, which is uh, fantastic. Hundreds of dollars um, after fifteen years, yes. Assuming, which is assuming more than enough to restart yeah, your life. Assuming they didn't use any of that in their commissary, which, by the way, if you're also not aware of this in America, uh, the commissary in prison is like going to a quickie mart. So that that mm-hmm. ninety-five cent. Uh, a ramen pack is 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 actually like five dollars and thirty three cents that you you're paying with with your thirty cent uh, you know an hour job so yeah yeah that's good it also allowed for what was called sentencing disparities in the law in 1986 wait uh, sentencing disparity what is that so they decided in in 1986 that there were certain drugs uh that needed a, a little bit higher punishment than other drugs. So in the okay, 19- yeah. So like your cocaine, your crack, your yeah. heroin, your meth is going to be worse yeah. than your pot or shrooms or mm-hmm. whatever. But specifically, maybe. they were looking at cocaine and crack. And by looking ah. at cocaine and crack, um, there was a crack epidem- epidemic in the mid 1980s that was sure. going on in the United States. And so because crack tried, is whack and it's very addictive. Crack is whack. It's very addictive. I don't do crack at home, uh, and, and like legitimately don't do that one. That one's yeah, bad. No, this don't is for real. We're not we're one. not joshing here. This um, is do not do hard drugs. So uh, so <laughs> they thought we'll go after crack specifically, and they tacked on a hundred to one sentence uh, for crack versus powdered cocaine. So if you were, wait if, uh, you, if you got the powdered cocaine, hold up, you got one. 
you know, one. If it was the crack, it was a hundred. So, for instance, it's the same drug, right? Same drug, essentially. Essentially, it's it's the same. One's it's a powder hard, form. Yeah. One's powder. One's a rock. And, and one's, one's crystal rock. And one's processed. One you smoke, yeah. the other you snort. Uh, what's the other difference between those, Tommy? Uh, well, one is one is done predominantly by rich people, uh, rich white huh. people. You know, maybe people like the Wolf of Wall Street with the, the crack, and so they want to crack down uh, on them. That's then, done by rich white people. Is no, that's a cocaine. Oh no. Yeah. The, oh. The crack is done by by poor. People mm. who typically are a little bit darker complected, because it's cheaper, you, uh, I would imagine. It's very much cheaper, and um, uh, and so they can flood the inner cities with it, and then tack on hundred to one. Hundred to one. So, for instance, sentence. if you got caught with five grams of crack, it was a mandatory five-year sentence. To get that same five-year sentence, you would have to be caught with uh, five hundred grams of powdered cocaine. Now. I am not. A, I'm not a. Drug, I'm not a drug person, but I'm pretty sure like five grams That's of crack is probably like a personal use. Like I maybe a hit. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's got to be very low. But five hundred yeah. grams of powdered cocaine, like you're that's, dealing at that point. You're fucking a, yeah. dealing. So um, I mean, or you have a very very serious problem because if the way I understand crack and cocaine is that the high is very short. Which is why people uh, you know, are yeah. snor- snorting it so much. And like you, you watch films based in the 1800s where they have their little snifters just filled with cocaine that they're always dipping and uh, uh, sticking in their noses. Uh, and so it became a rich man's tax. It became a basically. rich man's tax, yep. yep. So um, um, if you are wondering what this act was, it is the Anti-Drug Act uh, Anti-Drug Abuse Act uh, of 1987, Mm -hmm. and it also, John, if that wasn't bad enough, it appropriates $1.7 billion to fund the war on drugs. Holy cow. Okay, Uh, now, the anti—what was it called? The Anti-Drug Abuse Act. Abuse Act. So, presumably, because it's an anti-drug abuse, this is a program that, in addition to these awful arrests, also provides some sort of— Rehab, counseling, drug abuse, uh, well, like twelve step program, and what it, and what it doesn't do any of that. But what it does no. do is it what? also creates the Office of National Drug Control Policy, which mandates national media ads geared towards children, uh, which is the the Nancy Reagan. Just say no. Just say no to crack. Oh, okay. I if thought this was going to be when they got rid of Joe Camel. You no, know, if you're ever <laughs> offered drugs, just, that's it. So that's all you gotta do. Just say no. Just say no. Just say no. Just that if, easy. If you, okay, if you, that's... If you start, if you start, well, you're fucked. Like, you're going to go to jail. Well, then you're the scum of the earth uh, and need to go to jail and... Just say no, and yeah. then you don't have a problem. And that's is just that easy, mm-hmm. everybody. And this whole, out of all of this, will come that D.A.R.E. program. But like I said, we're going to talk about D.A.R.E. in its own episode, on its own right, because it is ever so effective. Yeah, because just, so, just Say No was a slogan used within the D.A.R.E. program, right? Uh, well, uh, yeah, or, D.A.R.E. takes that on, but it Just Say No starts Yeah, but with, it started yeah, as its, its, own it's, its own campaign, thing, yeah. With, basically. With, yeah, with Nancy Reagan. Yep, 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 yep. She's on commercials. You might remember it. If you're if you're our age or older, you, you will remember those commercials on TV. Although I don't really necessarily remember Nancy. I'm I was going to say, I do not remember uh, this. But I remember that little, slogan, but if, I don't remember watching bit, Nancy Reagan. If you're a little bit older than us, you'll remember the yeah. Nancy Reagan. Um, yeah, all you Gen now, X and boomers out there, the, you guys yeah, you got it. had that. Yep. Millennials, now, sorry. Now, aside from the policies uh, domestically, under Reagan, the CIA had some questionable actions, like we've already alluded to. Uh, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface all this, what I'm about to say from now on is... Everything's is alleged. Alleged. 
That's for you, CIA and, and, and FBI. And we are only sit talking about what other people alleged you did. And by alleged, we're not saying you did it. And by alleged, what I mean is there were multiple investigations that found that this shit happened, but allegedly hmm. it wasn't really the CIA. It was like bad apples within the CIA. So, oh, of course, yeah, so yeah. No, uh, who did those investigations? Uh, well, the ones that said that was just bad apples in the CIA. Yeah, that was the CIA. Yeah. So we allowed the oh. CIA to investigate themselves. So we had an internal investigation. They found nothing wrong. That is shocking. So. Uh, specifically what happens is there is a Nicaragua civil war that is going on between the Contras and the uh, Sidonistas. Um, so essentially Ooh. what happens in the early 1980s, uh, Nicaragua becomes under control of the, the Sidonistas, which is a, uh, a communist, uh, you know, a Marxist communist group. And it's the 80s. We're in the height of the Cold War. We don't like communists. No, this is this is past States. the Red Scare, though, right? Like, we've already yeah, established we'll pass, that yeah, the communists are scary, and now we just need to get rid of them all. We're not worrying about them in our country. Yes. We're eliminating it from the world now is yeah, our mission. Exactly. So the CIA decides to poke its nose in Nicaragua uh, by funding uh, anti-Sedanista groups, uh, which were the Contras. Um, huh. And then they made a video game. And they make a video game, uh, although that was actually in Cuba, not not Nicaragua, but same thing, same thing. Uh, You're fighting the communists. That's, it's, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's a small place that is not America. So <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> that was drugs and all the other fun stuff. So in the early, early 1980s, the CIA goes down there and they want to you know, support the Contras and their insurgency against the Sinistas. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and, and how would we pay for that? Because the United States can't be directly seen uh, providing weapons, you know, money, all that fun stuff to the Contras because that would be uh, almost like an act of war against the Communists and yeah, you have to essentially launder it, right? Yeah. Uh, who, who just got a big old budget increase? The, the, the FBI sure shit did. Oh, um, about that. Yeah, right? So <laughs> what they start to do is they start to take cocaine from Colombia. Okay. And smuggle it through the Contras into Miami and L.A. The Contras okay. have... Oh, hold on. Why do they have to bring it into... I mean, I feel... They're, so they're they're essentially using the drugs to hide the money in some form or fashion. Well, why they got to bring it in the U.S.? They bring it into the U.S. to give to the gangs. Oh, to wait. distribute in the United States, and then all wait. those profits of that money goes to the Contras to fight uh, so, the Satanistas because they're bringing it in. So, but the so it sounds like the CIA adopted gangs. Mm -hmm. Became leader of multiple because gangs. Because you could fight gangs. And then sold drugs and then arrested the people that the gangs were then selling yeah. to? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Which is why... So is this why... So this is this is the type of mentality behind, like, police have known drug houses where people go and, and get drugs. And then they just, like, somebody will go in and buy it and come out. And then they will pull that person over and arrest them... But, but why, leave the house not alone? go to that drug house. Yeah, yeah. There's like little kickbacks and things. A little, little on. bit of a little collaboration here. And quite literally, what this leads to is that whole crack epidemic that we have in the mid 1980s is because of this crap in Nicaragua <laughs> where we're allowing them to come in. Now you might because guess what? You're um, not going to have an epidemic if you don't have a supply. Yeah. Now you might say, oh well, I'm just being a conspiracy theorist and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, I always say that. So. <laughs> let me let me yeah well yeah <laughs> but so let me get let me let me play it out for you guys so you guys know what's actually really all going on so in 1985 this is where it all comes to light a dea agent that's the drug enforcement agency uh named mm -hmm. uh, salarian 
Salerno Castillo, one of those Italian Castillo. names. Castillo. 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 Anyways, he reports to I, think, I don't think you pronounce the L, but I don't know. Castillo? Well, whatever. Salerno. Castillo. Castillo. It depends, I guess. Castillo. I don't know. Anyways, we don't matter. know. Uh, so he's going to report to his superiors <laughs> that, um, hey, uh, guys, there's a bunch of cocaine in CIA Contra Supply Warehouses in the El Apongo Air Force Base hmm. in El Salvador. Um, so. That's, yeah, this seems bad. This, he's a why rat. Why is there basically. cocaine on planes in a base? Owned by the supply, CIA. It's owned by the CIA yeah. that has yeah. supplies for the uh-huh. Contras. In Nicaragua, yep. why do we have cocaine? This seems like something this guy we shouldn't is, have. Now, okay, this guy's asking a lot of questions. Now he's going to be that, that. might be a problem. It is. He's going to be forced out of his position. But what does happen oh, by weird. by bringing this up to light is that there are investigations into this. Why? Why is there cocaine? Which this is a fact. This isn't hmm. a legend. There was, in right. fact, cocaine on planes. In, yeah. in a CIA base with... And everybody's saying, supplies. oh, I didn't know about that, so uh, what do we... I guess we'll look at it. Yeah, we'll definitely... We'll look into it. These, we'll see these, what's going on here. This base exists because it, it has supplies for humanitarian missions, because that's the only way we can legally do sure. this. So these these humanitarian mission supplies are supposed to be like But food. the supplies are guns and cocaine. <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be food, <laughs> like that's, but it's That's the humanitarian cocaine. side of it. Uh, you can do whatever you want with drugs and cocaine. Uh, you'll be fine. Uh, through these investigations, they find out that there are Nicaraguan-based dealers in the United States, one of which being an Osco Danilo Blandin, uh, who was actually going to be arrested and convicted in 1986 of charges including possession and distribution of cocaine. Uh, That should have put him away for life, Johnny, but he was released after only 28 months because he turned informant and was hired by the DEA and paid $166,000 a year to give them information. Okay, so this guy was hired officially, officially by, the, by the CIA because probably DEA, he was, uh, DEA, DEA. Oh, DEA. So, oh, so now he's working for both the CIA and the DEA? Yeah, most this likely. This guy's got him made. He would, again, later testify against a Ricky Ross, who is the head dealer in L.A. that the, the Nick Wagrens are giving them drugs, basically, to in L.A. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's stopped one. On the, and it's, the you know, import train. And, and, and part of his whole informant thing, he is to testify against Ricky Ross when Ricky Ross is finally arrested. Okay. At the testimony, however, Blandon is not allowed to mention any of his connections with the CIA, CIA or the DEA uh, and all the but, government connections and, and all that stuff, all the dealings no, that he's had with them is kept under wraps. Anytime it's wait. brought up, it's like, hey, don't you work for the CIA? The, the, the judge is like, hey, hey, hey. We don't want any of that. You can't. You can't. So, you can't. okay, but the, that's, I mean, he swore on a Bible to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I oh, assume a Bible. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe a religious text of his choice. I don't know. It doesn't have to be a Bible. Uh, but he swore on to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and was not allowed to tell the whole truth. Nope, he wasn't. Yep. Uh, during these investigations, That's weird. Uh, during during these investigations, Johnny, there are four agencies, including the FBI, that files complaints against the CIA for hampering the investigations that they were trying to do into this whole "Why is there cocaine on CIA planes?" Yeah, the and they're like, guys, we already handled this. We figured it out. Two guys, totally doing it on their own. Uh, we busted them. We fired them, yeah. uh, which is enough. Yeah, and uh, they'll never work for the CIA uh, again in an official capacity. The CIA would claim that it's a national security breach, and uh, and after their own research, like you just said, Johnny, just a couple of bad apples, it's fine. I mean, these guys, this guy Jim over here and Rick, they, I mean, they did it all, whole thing. There's going to be a U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee 
that's a subcommittee of that that's going to be put okay. in, put onto this to investigate themselves because they're looking at these initial because reports going. Because obviously it's uh, international. This is, this is bad. Uh, so this this subcommittee on terrorism, narcotics, and international operations is chaired at the time by Senator John Kerry, who's actually going to go on to try to be El Presidente and lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's going to hold a well, s- sort of. I mean, he definitely lost. Well, he lost the you know electorate votes. Yeah. <laughs> Not a historic hindsight, say political. Anyways, I mean, we're just we're just you know just pointing things out. Uh, he's going to hold a series of hearings from 1987 to 1988 on drug cartels, drug money laundering in South and Central America and the Caribbean, okay. and the connections with the CIA. That's great. The subcommittee. What we need, yep, right? Yep. The subcommittee's final report is going to be issued on 1989 and said that contra drug licks. Links include, with Contra, involvement mm-hmm. in narcotics trafficking and uh, by individuals associated with the Contra movement. So that we know, through this yep. investigation, that there were Contra members that, that the CIA was funding and supplying that were involved yep. with drug... The bad apples The were. bad apples that were involved with drug trafficking in the United States. That participation of narcotics traffickers in Contra supply operations through business relationships with Contra organizations. So essentially, they also find that not only were these members engaging in drug trafficking, yeah. but their other sub organizations or other sub businesses are also engaging in drug trafficking. So it, it's a, a true multi tiered gang setup with like upper management, middle management, yeah. and then the and, mules. And by the way, these other organizations are also. Receiving monies from the CIA. Oh, wow. We're just paying everybody. I mean, we got the budget, I guess. Right. Provisions of assistance to the Contras by narcotics traffics, including cash, weapons, planes, pilots, air supply services, and other materials on a voluntary basis by the traffickers. So uh, Pilots. Yeah. Can you imagine being one of the pilots that gets basically sold to Nicaragua to go and operate the planes? They find out that uh, the CIA gave planes, <laughs> we, we got, drugs, We got 10 pilots, kilos cash, for you, bud. <laughs> you go, to, to the Contras. Uh, payments to drug traffickers. This is the best one. Payments. Two drug yeah. traffickers, specifically mm-hmm. by the mm-hmm. CIA and by the U.S. State Department, of funds authorized by Congress for humanitarian assistance to the Contras, was given to drug traffickers and had been indicted by federal law enforcement agencies on drug charges. We gave humanitarian aid money. <laughs> To people who had already been arrested for drug mm, trafficking to drug traffickers and contra organizations. Okay, Tommy, that's I think you're you have a, a big flaw in your reasoning right here. Uh, we did not give all these this money to you know to people. These are less than people. They're foreigners, and so they don't matter. And so, so we we're just using text? them. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Uh, what, Johnny, Who cares? Um, like several it's... of these, several of these individuals were under active investigation by the DEA oh. while they were receiving money from the federal government and the. Uh, What's CIA that check look like? Do you think it's cash? Do you think it's just cash? It's just right? cash. There's no check. It's not a. It's, it's not a check with like cash. the CIA's no, header no, on it. Right? It's all. This is all cash. This is all cash. According to this report, Johnny, the U.S. State Department paid over eight hundred six thousand dollars to four companies owned and operated by narcotics traffickers. Throughout the Contra organization. So they track down. This is what they know. Mm-hmm. They track down at least $806,000 to drug traffickers. Yeah. So they, And then they from, stopped looking. From, from state, and then they stopped looking. <laughs> from State Department. Uh, okay. But, okay. All right. So they paid $806,000, right? Yeah. 
What'd they get back? What'd they make? <laughs> uh, well, we... Uh, I, uh, what's we, the, what's we the were, profit margins we were, on this? Because well, that's important, Johnny, right? We got, a, we got a war to fund. The $806,000 is, is fighting communism. So, I mean, you know, win-win. And, and do you, I mean, really, it's a drop and in do the you, bucket. And do you see communists at all in any Never. South American country or any Caribbean country or no. any... You know, a foreign country. No, communism is. It was as successful as the war on drugs. Right. So officially, the CIA was never involved, <laughs> according to to the final report. Uh, but uh, but wait, officially they were never involved, according uh, to the final yeah, report. According to all these investigations, after the all of this stuff was found, they they're still like just because it's people working for the CIA, you are not involved. Yeah. As an entity. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you are ne- you have no responsibility for what your employees are doing. No, just bad apples, Johnny. Just bad apples. That's but but still bad apples who the management has no responsibility for. Yep. Yep, sure was. So it, if this whole CIA thing wasn't bad enough with the whole Reagan's war on drugs, if that's not a stain enough. I was I think it was. It is, it is. But if that's not a stain <laughs> if that's not a stain enough, I've got some icing on the cake for us. So before Reagan, they did, what they did worse? No, no, did not worse. It's oh, just, okay, this is just icing. more. This is icing on a cake. Okay, we already got the meat of we, them smuggling the drugs and and filling inner cities and then arresting people for yeah, way the, too the, long. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. The important yep. part about right. the whole Reagan war then, on drugs is that the CIA, you know, definitely caused the whole crack epidemic through the Contra issues. Yeah. Now, purposefully, purposefully, like that was yeah, intended. That was, it was intended. Uh, now, allegedly. so allegedly, so uh, so in, in 1986, before leaving office, uh, Reagan issued the uh, wanted to see how how his stuff was doing. Like, how is my program doing? How is oh using, yeah, you check in on it. You know, how yeah. is using military uh, troops uh, to fight mm-hmm. the war on drugs? Because in all of in, in addition to all of this, he was using military assets to to fight the import of the drugs coming into the country. So so, so it, to fight is fighting himself. Yeah, he's he's fighting himself. Fighting his own CIA with his military, but like fighting. And and really probably they were going after the ones that weren't CIA because they're like, no, this is our turf. So this is just a big gang war. Yep, this is a gang war. So in 1986, uh, the DOD underneath Reagan um, wants to figure out what's going on. So they fund a two-year study and they hire the RAND company uh, to do their two-year study into how how effective is this. This study is called, and I quote, the sealing the borders, the effects of increased military participation in drug interdiction. Okay, great. So they, this, yeah, they're using analysis now. Yep. This two-year study finds that armed forces to interdict drugs coming into the United States would have little to no effect on the cocaine traffic and might, in fact, raise profits of cocaine cartels and manufacturers. So maybe oh. this whole we're fighting ourselves things was kind of intentional. Like, I mean, oh, this yeah. sounds like they are, the yeah, monopoly. they're they're taking out the competition, they're increasing demand, and they're raising prices on everything. Uh, that's... Sounds like a pretty successful analysis of this uh, opera. Wait, hold up. Wait, 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 wait. No, we are not supposed to know all that yeah, stuff. Supposed to, uh, it's supposed to just be a war on drugs. Yeah. So in that aspect, it it's, doesn't uh, look does, good. Does That's bad. Uh, this study, bad. this Rand Company study would also find out that there were seven other prior studies by the Reagan administration of using armed forces to prevent drugs from coming into the United States, including a, a study that was done before this was all implemented. Before, like, yeah. you looked at okay. it, like, would this be a, a benefit, you know, something that we could use. Okay, so they looked at it and they found... Every one of those studies, every one of those seven studies also found uh, that it would have little to no effect, and in some cases, increased production, distribution, and profits for cartels okay all right all right all right right, hold up hold up now did the was the rand company independent or were they hired by the government they're hired by the dod so 
they basically ran seven studies, hated the results, and like maybe if we somebody else looks at in. it, they will be able to do it better or worse, I guess. I don't know. And give us the results we want. That's insanity. That's doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Yeah, and that's... Uh... That's that that's Reagan's war on drugs. Uh, his predecessor, uh, George Bush, that's that's Herbert Walker, the HW, the George yeah. Bush senior, is going to increase a lot of these same programs, not not decrease them, increase them, uh, yeah. and uh, and that's where we get the whole uh, the the Dare program that comes out, which we'll have a we'll have a we'll, maybe the next episode that we do on the war on drugs, we'll just do Dare. Uh, but yeah, I think that yeah. would probably help so, to, to kind of wrap it up. Well, we're not wrapping Put it up. Bow, I got no, I got it's still so going, much, Johnny. I got so much after. Dare? I've got so much. Beer. Tommy, I went through Dare, and I've never done any drugs that uh, I didn't want to do. Johnny, I got to talk about the 1960s where the CIA was actively getting people addicted to LSD, like like unknowingly, like they would kidnap people and force feed them LSD. Oh. So we got to well, we okay, do that. but that was that. that was uh, for mental health reasons. Uh huh. And actually, LSD is very good. Uh, to oh, oh yeah. Oh wait, dosage matters. Yeah, do- dosage matters. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, that explains so, a lot. So stay tuned. The, the next, uh, you know, maybe in a month, the next uh, war on drugs that we'll do is we'll do the Dare program, and then after that, we'll do the whole LSD thing. So, uh, so stay tuned. That's it for this week in historic hindsight. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and join us next week when we talk about the Native American reeducation plan.